0: Today's episode is sponsored by the American Homebrewers Association. Become a part of the U.S.'s largest community of homebrewers for just $48 a year by going to unitedwedrink.com AHA. What exactly do you get with your AHA membership? How about a year-long subscription to Zymergy Magazine, the world's longest-running homebrew magazine, exclusive deals and discounts at over 2,000 breweries, bars, and bottle shops across America discounts on Brewers Publication books and merchandise, access to a huge library of previous Homebrew Con seminars and talks, and early access to purchasing tickets to each year's Great American Beer Festival and Saver. Sign up now by going to unitedwedrink.com/aha and get a year's membership for just $48 and if you sign up now, you'll get a free gift. What's that gift? I'm not saying, you need to go see for yourself. It's pretty great. Support United We Drink, support home brewing, and support the American Homebrewers Association at unitedwedrink.com/aha. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the hosts, employers, coworkers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show. Happy
1: hour, more like amateur hour. Welcome to United We Drink.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the only podcast that wouldn't be sponsored by Jepson's Malort. Welcome to United We Drink, right here on unitedwedrink.com, as well as wherever fine podcasts are found. (laughs) Uh, My name is Mike, and I don't like Jepson's Malort. And I'm joined by my two co-hosts who do like Jepson's Malort. First... Is the man who probably started the whole Florida train on Malort. Take it for what it is. Phil Palmisano.
2: Cannot take responsibility for being patient zero on this.
0: Uh, We also have the now unofficial spokesperson for Florida, Jepson's Malort, Joel Codner.
3: And Truly Seltzer Lemonade.
0: (laughs) If any of these do want to be official sponsors of the show, hit us up. (laughs) We're also joined here on our very special first anniversary show by good friend, compatriot, uh, industry peer, mentor, fellow Jepson's Malort hater, along with me. Misanthrope. Yes. Kevin Abbott.
1: Yeah, this is disgusting. (laughs) And I don't like my... I I didn't like myself before we started drinking this, and I like myself less now. Welcome to
4: the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to get through it.
0: We're hopefully all going to get through this. Uh, Apologies in advance if the quality of this episode is not very good, because we're actually in person recording on one microphone... At my bachelor party. And uh, yeah, so fuck it. Uh, <laughs> there's, there is sitting on this table four airplane bottles of Malort. The anti-hero Malort uh, from Revolution. And the bourbon barrel age Malort. Phil, You mind to fill people on, fill people in on what you think of all of the malortness going on?
2: Well, I think it's magical. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, a, it's uh, a malortian. Yeah. <laughs> the, the it's a complete bottles. malortian. Those are great for when you have to go to the bathroom and just sneak a quick <laughs> drink. Uh, you know, it's, it gets the job done. Uh, the uh, the bourbon barrel aged is nice. It's got a nice. Uh, a little sweetness to it. Sort of counterbalances the uh, the bitterness. Uh, and I, the Revolution, Joel, you brought the Revolution bottle. I, I'm, I'm impressed with it.
3: Yeah, thank you to John at Revolution for hooking this up. I think this is two episodes in a row. I thanked him for an amazing beverage. Uh, Kevin's not the biggest fan. I love it, like I've always said, because I hate myself. And uh, I am... I, I did bring the mini bottles. I'm, I'm curious, you know, they are airplane size, but I wonder if this liquid in particular is allowed on flights. I don't think it's supposed to be allowed in this country. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, when uh, Mike
1: said that you guys are going to be bringing these, I was like, yeah, that's great. They can leave them outside. Like if they <laughs> want to go outside to drink it, I, I won't have it in my home. Of course, I love you guys. So, you know, you can bring in any, you know, rocket fuel slash liquors that you want to drink into my home anytime you want to. Fun
2: fact, did you know it's kosher? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, I do now. I just
2: found the kosher logo on it. It's pretty amazing.
0: Uh, Fun fact, Phil thinks that this has something that can cut the bitterness in it. Uh, (laughs) It's definitely true. So (laughs) we are celebrating two things here. Tonight, first and probably the least important is uh, my bachelor party uh, as I get get married in a couple weeks. But this is the show's first anniversary of its reboot. One year, we have been back at doing this um, podcast.
1: Is J.J. Abrams still attached or is that like
4: it didn't passed <laughs> off to well, the- It
0: got passed off to Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. Their- okay. You know, they wanted to do a time travel thing and we, we had to let them go after I, I that. I understand. But we still got a hatch coming up at some point. Um, oh, oh, did I just spoil something?
1: I think you did. But shit. You know, listen, they'll, they'll forget.
0: There's numbers. Um, so, one thing. I, actually, you know what, Kevin? Yes. Not a lot of people know you. I didn't give you a great uh, introduction. I think a
1: lot of people know me. Maybe not a lot of people listen to this podcast, but a lot of people know me. And you know what? People like me, Mike. Okay? For your information. I
0: I like you plenty. And you are involved in this industry. And I didn't give any praise or accolade to what you do in this industry. Do you want to... Give a little bit of information as to where you are at, who you come from, where you're going. I think
1: you should tell people. I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm. Do you come so, from?
0: Kevin, <laughs> Kevin was born in Detroit, Michigan in 1979. Uh,
1: uh, <laughs> I'm not that old, 1981.
0: Anyway. Uh, no, Kevin is the director of operations. That's my title, yes. Barrel of Monks Brewing Company. In Boca Raton, Florida. We are at his house in Boca Raton as well. He is hosting this quasi-socially distanced uh, bachelor party for me. He is my best man. (laughs) Phil is drinking Malort out of a martini glass, a stemless martini glass, if you can picture that.
2: Hashtag proper glassware.
0: (laughs) Um, Do you want to give any background or information on Barrel of Monks?
1: I mean, we do, you know, Belgian style ales. We almost well, actually, I always say almost because we, I'm so used to talking about beforehand, but we're five years old. Uh, we do all Belgian style ales throughout the state of Florida. We also have a sister brewery called Oddbreed Wild Ales uh, in Pompano uh, that I always kind of, I also kind of oversee. But yeah, we do, we do, I believe, really, really good classic Belgian style ales. And we do bottle conditioning on our, our big bottles and stuff like that. And yeah, we're proud of what we do.
0: Awesome. Yeah, big, all big fans here. Phil used to be co worker with you. Yes. At one point. And uh, we're and we, all. And
1: we, we used to be co workers at a, a previous brewery. A previous so brewery. This is a very incestuous group. Yes. We've all been, we've all had our fingers in a lot of pies.
0: I love that Kevin doesn't listen to this show, but he already knows the uh, trope of uh, not mentioning by name the previous brewery. Uh, so thank you for keeping up with the Joneses on you're, that one. You're
1: welcome. I had no idea, but I'm happy that I stumbled <laughs> into that.
0: Uh, besides Malort, what are people drinking? Phil doesn't. He's he's chasing down uh, his Malort with bubbly. Um, water. I believe
2: this is a Polar Raspberry Pink Lemonade.
0: Ah, uh, Polar. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's quite lovely.
2: Uh, just not enough bitterness for me in there.
0: Uh, That's a good combination Kevin is Doing high-low The new soon-to-be-released Low-calorie Low-ABV IPA from Cigar City
1: I'm digging this
3: And I went from Malort in Chicago to Milwaukee Got some Miller High Life
0: And I just cracked open Golden Delicious From uh, Captain Lawrence, can can you please
1: pour some of that in this glass so I am not tempted to
0: pour more Malort in my glass?
1: Yes, yes, I can. You should cuvee. Thank you, thank you. Oh God, life is. Oh, what am I? Things are looking up, guys. (laughs) Things are looking up. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
2: We have the cuvee. Here you go, little OG.
4: There you go.
0: Just a splash. Just a (laughs) splash.
2: Just for the homies.
0: Um. This is going to be a shit show of an episode, no doubt. And so, any of you who are tuning in to hopefully learn about um, safety or shelf life of beers or how say, uh, IRI data, sorry. Uh, that's not gonna happen here. Do,
1: do you talk about safety a lot? Is that like a, a running we segment? Talk, we talked about it on work? one episode. You and put on a hard hat and some kind of like vest or jacket. They like
2: the safety. Oh okay. Yeah.
0: Yes. I, I like bright colors and I like my eyes where they where they are still living. They're in my head. That's their favorite place. Uh okay. Phil hates talking about safety. It's
4: boring <laughs> <laughs> He also hates. He really He also
0: hates it when he walks into his brewery that the people yell at him to put on safety glasses.
2: I'm good. I wear goggles. Protection
3: first.
0: Joel, Joel uh, shouted out goggles uh, last episode.
3: Oh, those Dewalt's are amazing. They're ten dollar anti fog full visor like ski goggles, and they're great. They absolutely do not fog. I'm brewing in like a ninety plus degree brew house, and I mean. Even when Steam is coming at me, they're, they're great. They're, they're, I don't know why everybody doesn't have them.
0: We've dropped so many brand names so far that you would think that this was all like ad placement in the show.
3: This is this this is like a, a NASCAR car of podcasts. We just got. <laughs> emblems and logos and shit everywhere. So Ed Roberts is fucking
0: thrilled. Yes. <laughs>
3: like
2: But he can't listen to the podcast because people only drop the f-word about four times already. <laughs> and his kids can't listen to that stuff in the car. It's just not <laughs> family acceptable.
0: Original disclaimer of the show back in the 100%. day. 100%. Um so I I did pull up a little bit of data on the show because we we wanted to kind of go over Oh, like, what did we expect this show to be with the relaunch? How well did we think it would go? Um, Did we accomplish anything? No, probably. (laughs) Um, Honesty is important. Yes, yes, it is. And looking back at the listens of some of our shows, I just want to real quick ask Joel and, and, and Phil what episode do you think is our most listened to of all of our uh, episodes? We've done twenty-seven full episodes, and we've done—I'm not even going to look—a a number of minis. The minis are nowhere close to the to the full ones. I'm
3: going to guess mental health.
0: Phil,
2: I'm going to guess the one that I wasn't part of. <laughs>
0: Which one was that? No,
2: actually, I didn't, mental health. I think, I think mental health is, hands down, our number one.
0: Uh, oddly enough, no. Mental health oh, is God. our sixth uh, most listened to. Our first episode is actually our most listened to episode, mm-hmm. followed very closely by Work-Life Balance. Oh, uh yeah, we got a good episode. I, mean, yeah, I like that episode. We got a lot of positive feedback from listeners. It was our second episode that we did and we got a lot of people on board with the podcast at that point and then we lost them probably somewhere. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> around and beer and food 20, pairings. 20
1: is this a full disclosure episode of podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay.
0: No, no, no. Um, so we're mining for the, advertisers right now. The industry, industry certifications uh, and uh, education was okay. three. Own premise, four. Crowded shelves was five. And then followed by mental health. So I, I feel like us, our more popular episodes have been about things that I think that a lot of us find important in – this industry, and I, I think, are things that we should revisit. I mean, we talked about revisiting some of this stuff. We we revisited um, the whole shelf um, shelf space, fighting for shelf space, tap space thing with the whole COVID uh, era that we're living in right now. A few like a month or so ago, at this point,
2: as that continues to develop, literally week after week, day after
4: day.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had, uh, today just hanging out a number of conversations about stuff related to, uh, on premise, off premise, uh, package draft distributors, uh, all of this and just our own experiences at four different breweries and what we're, we're all kind of dealing with. And it is very interesting to see, uh, how we're all dealing with that because like, Phil, you are, with a, a larger regional national brand, um, Joel is on the complete opposite scale, has a, a mostly in-house brewery with a little bit of distribution. And Kevin and I are practically right in line as this smaller uh, but pretty heavily distributed brand at this point in time. And it's it's really interesting to hear how we're all dealing with this. In our own ways, maybe we can learn some things from one another. Um, but, I mean, Kevin, you are not on the show I'm not. at all. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, like, how has – has there been anything that you have learned during the COVID era times uh, that you think has helped the brewery at all to – get by in this?
1: I don't know if I've learned anything. It's, it's, it's not changing from week to week. It's changing day to day on what your focus is, what you're trying to get accomplished, what you think you can, you can get, what you think you can get get away with. Like uh, we're in a situation right now where things are changing rapidly. And right now everyone's just holding on. You're just holding on and trying to get to the next day, get to the next week, make the next payroll. And that's where I feel like we're at. Uh, at at this time and talking with you guys does it gives me a little bit of um, uh, like more of a rosy color because we're all here we're all experiencing the same color same kind of things and I think at the end of the day it's going to look very very different than what it did pre COVID but we're going to all have to adapt to it and I'm kind of excited for those kind of changes I mean we know that we're, we're already a packaging brewery but we know that package is going to be a bigger part of what we are at the end of this year and starting in 2021. So that's one big thing that I've learned is that we've got to focus more on that. And we got to make sure that we can play in that sandbox.
0: You're you're a brewery who already is different by most standards by being in a mostly or completely all Belgian brewery. So you have to come up with creative, unique ways already of making yourself seen in, in this crowded market. So it, it it is almost as if like you can thrive off of uh, playing in, from uh, from a different perspective in this whole crowd. So you you're used to uh, trying to find a way to stand out.
1: I mean, that's the challenge from day one. But yeah. the thing is, it's not even about being a Belgian brewery. Any brewery starting out from day one in the market that we opened up into five years ago, What's going to have the problem of visibility? Every single one of us. I mean, just uh, across the board. Do you exist? Where are you at is the biggest problem that we all have. Because there's beer fans out there and they'll find you if they know that you're around. And if you make good product, I do believe that it matters. Uh, and it's important. But the visibility problem is everything. It, it, it's it, From day one, it was the, it was the, the main goal. Five years in, it's the main goal. During COVID, it's the main goal. Visibility, visibility, visibility. However, you can do it. Whoever you can pay, uh, whatever you can do uh, to get the right people in place to make that happen.
0: Uh, Joel, how how are things holding up for you and prosperity right now?
3: Right now, we're working on you know securing our food license. Um, looking at doing a little bit of renovation in the tap room to kind of make a little area for food service, and um, you know, back to to go only. So, you know, that's a bit of a struggle. Uh, it, it sucks to come on and be ready to rock. And then, you know, we kind of got to slow down a little bit. You know, we still ordering ingredients, still making beer, still making things happen. Stuff is still going out into distribution. Thankfully, um, actually have some cans coming in through, uh, some contract brewing in Orlando, which is really exciting. But, uh, you know, it's still just such a scary, volatile time. I mean, you never know what's going to happen from one day to the next and, as people have seen in florida i mean the dbpr is is announcing regulations via tweet so it's or
0: through the director of the dbpr's personal twitter account at 501 on a friday afternoon
3: yeah and he's getting rightfully roasted in a lot of uh social media channels but uh you know like we said just we're doing what we can and, uh, you know, our, our landlord was really cool. He helped, uh, get a giant tent put out front so people can at least, uh, enjoy a beverage outside socially distance. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're just, we're, we're doing whatever we can and, and, you know, trying to keep the lights on. So, uh, scary time for everybody, you know, big or small.
0: Uh, you know, w- one thing that you mentioned there about, uh, having a beer outside socially distance that, Uh, I came across this week uh, was to our friends in Texas who had their state uh, laws change. And this impacts uh, people like uh, Phil's um, Oscar Blues location and Deep Ellum uh, that they can know they used to be able to uh, like sell beer to go and allow people to drink said beer on their patios and just hang out out there that has been cut off uh, also they have made it to where you can only serve on premise if you serve over 50 percent food and they are counting in your uh your alcohol sales your distribution as well so Beer, not only beer that you sell in your tap room is being counted against you, but anything you sell out into the market is being counted against you as well. And that then can also help count against a restaurant or a bar who buys your beer as well from being able to be open for on-sales premise. Like it's one of the most bizarre things in how many facets just selling one keg can impact multiple uh, establishments. Um, Phil, have you like? I know you don't handle Texas in your territory, but have you heard from any of your colleagues about the the stress of of said regulations?
2: No, we uh, at, at least this week uh, the main focus was just trying to uh, continue to figure out how to maneuver my territory in particular. Uh, and you know, that being specifically Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, um, Florida is keeping more than enough attention for me. Um, my counterpart over in Texas, I'm, it, I'm sure he's trying to roll with as many punches that he can possibly deal with at this point in time. Um, you know, there's, it, the reaction is similar to Florida uh, where, when, when you look at Miami, Miami-Dade specifically, pulling back indoor dining and uh, sort of the threats that we're starting to see coming from Broward County and potentially even Palm Beach, everybody's paying attention to everything right now. And so at every state, just like beer laws, every state is going to be a little bit different. Um, every state's really handling this situation on premise wise um, a little bit different. And, and so I think, you know, we're just trying to find the best way to maneuver with our specific teams and within our, you know, our our company and our collective of of breweries.
0: That I, I can't even begin to imagine the stress level someone like you goes through with, with that sort of thing like you i i i almost feel like when i think of uh what's going on with us is just somewhat small time but you like you have a ton of uh you have people who work underneath you you oversee uh, a number of states and i i gotta assume that's such a stressful thing and i'm i'm glad that you're you're rolling with it the the best that you can
2: i think it's par for the course because when you look at um Cowork- my coworkers, and my team members, as well as um, the, the stresses that I'm dealing with, I don't think they're any larger or smaller than what everybody else at this table and within the state of Florida is dealing with. And honestly, they might be a little bit smaller because it, we're not necessarily, while we are fighting for our well-being and, and, and our place within the industry right now and continuously trying to push, um it's a completely different situation where you know our friends through the Florida Brewers Guild put together a letter to uh, Ron DeSantis our governor and and Halsey Bashirs this year or this week and and really basically said uh, close to hundred breweries if nothing changes in the next two weeks are at risk of closing and think about all those jobs think about the well-being of you know so many people and florida which has always been somewhat of a beer wasteland all of a sudden starts taking a a, a regression we were moving forward and we were doing really well as a you know, as a state and we were making our name we have fantastic breweries that on a national regional international level are getting recognition and now we're at risk of seeing some of our friends and and uh peers unfortunately having to close their doors so my stresses i don't think are any larger or smaller than what every other small business owner is going through right now um that said you know yeah they're just different i
4: i think everybody's dealing with different things right now um personally Uh,
0: that's a very good point because like we look at like us sitting here And we have, uh, two of us, Kevin and I, whose breweries have teamed up with a food truck to be able to stay open. You have a restaurant at your Cigar City location in Tampa that allows you to stay open. Joel's brewery is trying to uh, obtain some sort of restaurant licensing in order to get back open. I'm, I'm seeing a ton of our colleagues and our friends on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all of that. Like some of them who have not opened back up because they don't have those options right now. Some of them have been able to do so, and I'm happy for all of them. And I'm hopeful that the ones who haven't yet are gonna be able to find a way that, to do so in the coming days and weeks so that they aren't a statistic uh, eventually. And and I'm sure that this is happening in other states as well, and maybe we're not we're not hearing about it as much, maybe because we're we're just so consumed by what is going on in our own state or, or into the –
1: We're in a bubble. I mean, we're yeah. in our own little world. Yeah, 100%. It, it 100% is going on in all kinds of other places yeah. and has been now for months and months and months. I mean, th- these, are, these are very unprecedented times, but this isn't new. <laughs> you know, we were having this conversation five months ago. Right.
2: Yeah. And, and honestly, it sort of full circle back to when, when we started this podcast and three of us were in very different positions and in very different positions oh, yeah. throughout the United States, um, working in different level breweries. And you had some experience in, in PA that we did not have in Florida. And I think that when, we, when the original talks of this getting rebooted sort of popped up, it was. Now we can look at this podcast not just from a Florida perspective, but we can really look at this podcast from an East Coast perspective, or just and, an industry and, perspective. And of, industry, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And and start looking at the the craft beer business and the the beverage industry as a whole. And and hopefully, moving forward, we get the opportunity to sit down with more peers across the United States and potentially international. Um, you know, and, and, the silver lining I think is we found that we can actually utilize software a little bit better than what we were. Um, we can, we've done several social happy hours that have been great. I mean, I, I remember the last one that I jumped in on was going until 11, 12 o'clock at night and just people talking like yeah. literally from all over the United States talking with us and, and. Being able to connect and, and hear the stories from around the United States um, about the industry that all of us love at this table is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, and those, those social happy hours, those uh, like virtual happy hours, if you will, were incredible that we got to meet uh, listeners who are beer fans, uh, fellow colleagues in the industry, uh, that I've never met before. Uh, like, NASCAR or just. Fans. Yeah, <laughs> Ed Roberts. <laughs> we knew him. I didn't know he was so into uh, NASCAR, unfortunately. I'm, I'm not surprised. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, it, like, that was a great way, I, I, I feel, of just. The, the things that initially brought me into and made me love this industry was the community and being able to talk with people who are fans who we all used to be and then industry people who we all are now. Like I loved talking to like people like Tommy, who is a big time industry vet at Free State Brewing in Missouri. And also love talking to Andrew, who is just a beer fan in Massachusetts. Like, great people who um, just are the reason that I keep on going. Like, anytime that I am doubtful about this industry, which happens, definitely happens, I can think of, like, the people who are sitting at this table with me and a number of the people who are listeners of our show who just seem to have the same kind of ideas as us and just want to be calm, cool, hang out, chill, talk about whatever while drinking some good beer and supporting industry. Uh, I, I love that. And it, it makes me feel a little bit better knowing that like I'm not alone out there and that there are still good folks because we know that there are shitty folks out there we're not naming names
2: what would you say the percentage is nowadays? Because oh house, what, what did it used to be yeah. to say yeah. the 99 industry is 99% or was it 98 99 i think it was 99 all
1: right and by the way, I only agreed to be on this podcast because I thought we were naming names. <laughs> I thought that's what we were doing. I thought that was the point of drinking well, god-awful liquid.
0: I've already named Kevin Abbott. Okay. Uh, that name has, has popped up. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Joel, you are the one who probably brings this up the most on Twitter. What is your rough number on Asshole Free in this industry right now?
3: 67. 67. Ooh. Yeah. Run, about two thirds.
0: You're rounding up from 66.6, I assume. Cause you hail no, Satan. Okay,
3: 66.6% hail Satan. Enjoy Arby's. <laughs> um, so That's the the bad people? Though? No, 66.6% good people. Ah. Gotcha. So okay. I would so I would say positive. I would say one out of every th- nah, see that sounds terrible. <laughs> um <laughs> Six out of ten people, and, and, and from- granted, granted, I'm in Florida, like and I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Kevin keeps drinking the Malort, well, thinking it's going to get better.
2: It does actually. <laughs> it's like a fine one.
0: No, no, it's, it's not. not at all.
3: Not in any way, shape, or form. Joel, come on. Okay, so you have to understand though that this doesn't just mean the. Beer people enjoying the beer, making the beer. I mean, there's lots of people behind the scenes. There's owners, there's investors, there's... In one way or another, there's lots of people who are in this business that aren't exactly in this business.
0: Joel notes them all.
3: <laughs> I've met a few down here. Um, and, I, I, you know, I mean, we were talking before the show about this kind of stuff, and I don't want to harp on any sort of negativity, but um, it seems as the industry grows, it's hard to keep that rate you know commensurate with the amount of experienced positive passionate people and you end up with you know people who see trends and dollar signs and, and maybe look at beer in, in sort of a different light than than what we do who you know we, we kind of came in through it organically we enjoyed beer and eventually found a way into a career about it whereas other people go oh that's a trend just like Gourmet cupcake shops or self-serve frozen yogurt. You know, these are... I'm
1: eating. writing these down. So. <laughs> are those still popular? By the way... Froyo? By the <laughs> way, also
3: beer ingredients these days. That's true. <laughs> I, I walk into some breweries and I'm like, is this a Menchie's? Like, should I just grab my own glass? Honestly, I... I, I,
1: I try to be the positive person and say... I think everyone's good in this industry. I think everyone's good pretty much 99% of people all around. People are just trying to get by. They're trying to do something. Whether Good is subjective to me. If someone got into this industry because they want to make a bunch of money and, uh, and sell to the, the highest bidder in five years, is that good? I don't know. They're employing people. They're, they're giving people jobs, and allowing them to have, to have a livelihood. They're trying to, to make money for themselves and their families. They're, tr- they're, they're still trying to produce something that make, gives people joy in their lives. Uh, I have a – there are plenty of people that I would say, oh, they don't make – I, I, there's people I think I don't think they make very good beer or they don't make the kind of beer that I like to drink.
0: Are you going to name names? Later
1: on, <laughs> <laughs> give me more Malort <laughs> and uh... <laughs> the pure hate will bubble out of me. Uh, but I, I, but I don't, but that's all me. That's all my subjective experience with that. There are plenty of people that say, you're an idiot. Those people make better beer than you. I'm not going to tell them they're wrong. They may be right. They're right for themselves. So I I think that's a, it's a subjective thing. I think it's easy when I don't agree with the way people do their business to, to kind of sit there and go, yeah, I, I don't like that. I think we naturally do that in general with not just beer, but everything in our lives. But I try to be as positive when it comes to that as, as possible because very few people get into any business or do anything going, you know, I'm going to screw everybody over I possibly can. I'm going to make the worst product possible and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. I think most people have good intentions for whatever they believe their intentions are.
2: I th- I, and I believe in, in challenging times, you know, people really do show their true colors and the camaraderie that we've seen down here, at least in the state of Florida, throughout this entire situation has been relatively positive from brewery to brewery to brewery to brewery, to brewery. Um, and even brewery to retailer. Um, and, and for the most part, wholesaler. You know, Everybody's trying to work with everybody, trying to navigate this time together as an industry and, and working together. Um, you know, I'm sure. It, you know, to bring back a phrase from the last show, a couple bad apples sort of spoil it for everybody. That Mike didn't really care about that one last episode, but it, Kevin,
0: it's a ter- it's a terrible uh, saying, right? What the whole
3: <laughs> the, I I bad apple? I forgot thing. how to talk. What? <laughs> and those bad apples only use like ten percent of their brain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the bad apple that's, phrase. That's an
3: inside a Kevin
1: couple joke. bad apples. Squ- what? Is it true? Does anyone know if it's actually true? If one no. bad
3: apple spoils a bunch? No. I've seen how it's made. I'm pretty sure those bad apples just get like popped off the assembly line, and nothing but good apples come out. They but, they but just they make it for
0: they make apples in a lab, right?
3: Don't the bad apples just become cider? I, Are there you know that old apples? saying: a couple bad apples become
1: cider. <laughs> what? I don't know. I stand corrected. Or <laughs> applesauce. <laughs> two episodes uh, ago, um, but. but
2: but, but I do believe that the camaraderie that this craft beer industry is has sort of shown its true colors all the way through all this, and it seems like there's less bickering. There's more people picking up on the All In Together project and the Black is Beautiful project, and,
4: and the brewing
2: community nationally is trying... It, we're trying to lift everybody all at the same time it, it, and that includes the hospitality industry in general
0: uh like one one thing that i i, I first hand experience is at my own brewery so we we're seeing this um shortage of uh, aluminum cans especially in the 16 ounce uh, isn't it
3: aluminium uh, correct oh, kevin on, on thank you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so uh, our friends over at Civil Society have been having issues with getting 16-ounce cans. We had some in our own brewery that we weren't using. We did a, a small 16-ounce can run a, a month or so ago, and that's all that we have right now. And we don't have anything else planned, so we, we sold them the remainder of our stock just so they can can up some stuff and— like it's it's nice to be able to help some people out who can utilize something that we're not really using right now. I remember when this whole thing started going down, uh, crowlers became an insane shortage. But I know we've kind of caught back up with that. <coughs> but I guess sixteen ounce cans are short. Change is apparently short. Like all coins um my local wawa or all the wawas are like please use exact or cards for purchases now so like it it's it's nice to be able to help your fellow brewers i want to
1: put it out there right now any breweries that need some change i've got some so contact the united we drink podcast they'll get you in touch with me and I've got, I mean, it's a whole, I don't know if you see seen, a, it's like a Coke bottle. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Like a plastic yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, pretty classy. I've got it there in my in, in, in my closet, so I can help out with anyone that needs change.
0: Just make sure you don't accidentally send the uh, string ball uh, named Joel. That's all the Wireman uh, I had, bag strings. They sent me
3: one. They mailed me the, what, was it the original? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't big. It was maybe the size of a softball or a tennis yeah. ball. And then I go on Instagram the other day, and there's Tim with a whole new Joel. Well, I mean, Joel's always being added. Is this too. like a clone? Joel, part? Like-
0: Joel is the one that lives at the brewery.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was a that was a faux Joel. Oh, faux <laughs> Joel,
4: if if you will. Uh, it was a faux Joel.
1: Uh, so yes, we have a we have a you know malt bag string ball named Joel in your honor. So you have that. <laughs> I mean, you know you can
3: always stick your flag in that you've got that. You're, you're good. Okay, so now I'm gonna say 68 <laughs> percent <laughs> Man, he just he boosted. Really,
2: he he, he upped it. Yeah. Guys. No, he just upped it. <laughs> I know because they have a string ball. Of oh, oh yeah. so his thoughts of barrel monks brewing at a Boca Raton, Florida, has gotten better. Uh, apparently, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> <laughs> I am just
1: happy in the fact I'm not taking it that way. I'm taking the fact that something I said improved Joel's view of humanity ever so slightly. My work is done.
0: Is you guys are all welcome. Thanks for joining us, Kevin. It was, it was really uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> all right, so...
4: I keep drinking it. By
3: the <laughs> way, I think this beer, which I won't name, is worse than the Malort. Oh, Like, it's nasty.
0: You're and, nasty. And
3: I love, I, <laughs> I loved this beer at Saver 2011. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs>
2: fighting words at the table. Is that beer from 2011? 19. Oh. While we won't mention names, I will say that this is one of Mike's favorite beers that is released. It it is. I think Joel just sort of uh, metaphorically
3: punched him in the face. And there's no residual... He's going
0: to literally punch me in the face (laughs) later on.
3: I purposely rinsed my Malort glass with High Life so that I could try this beer... And
0: it's nasty. Do, you, do you want do you want some Malort for that? That was like for that a humble brag. To go for that too. That was a humble brag. Right.
3: Uh, <laughs> now he's mixing it with with the highlight. Listen, I'm going to do all kinds of weird mixology because you called out my mixology skills when I put. Uh, was it the popsicle or was it the Malort Seltzer cocktail? I like the, the, popsicle, the, the popsicle. No, it was the, it was
0: the Malort Seltzer cocktail. Okay. Yeah.
2: 65. The Devil's (laughs) anos. See, I had I had my 68. You
3: bastard! It's a moving moving scale. It's like Bitcoin. You just don't know where it's gonna go. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, give 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 the people a a cocktail on the fly. Uh,
2: The Devil's anos.
0: No, not one that you've used already. Give them something new.
2: I'm not a cocktail guy. Oh, you want to be? The bomb pop one was solid.
0: Yeah. I'm saying something he's never done. Like he okay, was fine.
3: Uh, we'll go in a different direction since, you know, around 4th of July, everyone's talking. Like, I was one of thousands of people, it seemed, to put a red, white, and blue Bomb Pop in a glass of liquor. So uh, what a lot of people don't know about is Bomb, pop, bomb Pop's counterpart, the chocolate banana Bomb mm-hmm. Pop, Rocket Pop, whatever you want to call it. It's chocolate, banana in the middle, and then chocolate again. Uh, only used to be banana. able to get it from like the ice cream man in the 80s and now you'll find it in some grocery stores and stuff but put that in a glass of uh, coffee Patron Ooh. oh like that's, that. that's actually what about, about the
2: it? chocolate covered bananas he also did a big a
1: lean I'm back I'm into, like,
0: a Bluth a Bluth frozen banana I'm not into okay. that
1: Joel did a big lean back on that yeah, as yeah. in like yep. <laughs> got yeah. that
2: mic yeah like all in yeah, pushed was, all my chips
1: <laughs> to the that was, center that was yeah. beautiful I, w- I wish this was this had video. Does, this does not have video. No, not yet. No. This
0: this is just a microphone. So why
1: do I keep looking at the camera?
0: I don't know. This is your house. Yeah, uh, I was
2: going to say, what do you have cameras?
0: Uh, because I knew you guys were coming over,
1: and I need some material. Sorry. Sorry. No, sorry. No, no, no. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> um. Sixty-four. <laughs>
1: This is a a stock market. Joel. By the way, I am sitting in front of the bar. If you want any of these drinkable alcohols (laughs) to pour in your glass and mix with this rocket fuel. I I had a bit last night. I thought the scotch
3: was a little smoky. The bourbon was very nice. And
0: it's unpeated Islay single malt. And you, you... I have actually had this bottle before. Um,
1: what are we talking about? What other sponsor are we getting?
0: Bruichladdich. Bruichladdich. Bruit. What Joel said. He's now the Brian Cox of. Yeah, uh, that's
3: that's the only reason I know how it's pronounced is because of Brian Cox. On that,
0: on that is a great series. If you ever want to know how to pronounce any scotches, look up Brian Cox, the actor. Like
1: Brian Cox from the Infinite Mo- In- Infinite Monkey Cage, like the physicist Brian Cox. No, so the actor the actor, the movie Troy and the Glimmer Man. Oh, okay, gotcha, um, gotcha,
0: gotcha. Uh, Super Troopers.
1: I, <laughs> are we doing the Brian Cox podcast? Is oh,
0: <laughs> we, sorry, we accidentally uh, faded into that side project <laughs> welcome, of ours.
1: Welcome to the first episode of the Brian Cox cast. <laughs> <laughs> Drink, <here's> Cox. <laughs>
0: he, he's not related to my the owner of my brewery, uh, who they share the same name. Last, last name. name. Yes. Um, but this is like this is a good scotch. I got this as a Christmas present a couple years oh, ago. Oh, good! I really enjoyed it.
3: It was just a little smoky for me. I prefer that more caramelly toffee kind of scotch.
0: What's your scotch of choice?
3: Uh, the Balvenie Twelve Year Double Wood or um, uh, Glen Marangi, uh Quinta Ruban. Kevin Oban. Nice Oban all the way.
0: Uh, I'm a Lagavulin fan Lagavulin. myself. Uh, I I have a little bit of 16 still left uh, at my house. I almost bought it here, brought it here, but there is not enough for all of us. Um, I also like Macallan. Like I think Macallan 10 is one of the better, just like like low age single malts out there. And now, if like Scotch people are listening to this and they're like, "These fuckers don't know what the fuck they're talking about," now we we got some more listeners because they'll be like, "Look at these fucking assholes!"
1: Oh, anger coming out here.
0: Oh yeah, this it happens on this podcast every once in a while. We'll uh, we'll have an anger episode that's just devoted to. It'll just
3: be me. <laughs> Bill and Michael sit out that one.
0: It'll be it'll be sponsored by Taco Bell because that uh. Really adds to Joel's anger. Uh, well, the next day. <laughs> yes. Anger, nonetheless.
1: This adds to my anger at myself for drinking it and doing it again. Oh, see.
0: He just keeps going to the well.
2: So, at so, some point in time, you're going to admit you like it. No, I don't like it. No, I don't. No, no, listen you, to me. You're a for a punishment. Listen, yes. No. Okay. Let me let
1: me lay this out for you. I took a job. At the Olive Garden, brag,
4: when I was 18 <laughs> years old, okay?
1: And I had never drank, like, red wine or anything. I drank the red wine. I said, this tastes like garbage. Well, it was Olive Garden wine, so of course it tasted like garbage. But the first time you taste anything, it tastes like garbage. The first time I drank Scott we're talking about scotch, bourbon, they're undrinkable. The first time you try those, you- no one would ever want to have it again if it didn't make you feel really good. And someone didn't tell you that it was supposed to be good. You'd go, well, this is garbage. I don't drink this. I'll drink Mad Dog 2020 or a wine cooler, Bartleton James, Thank you very much. And you just drink that, right? But you try it over and over again. And some of the aspects you didn't like about it, like with bourbon, like or the, the, the overt hot alcohol taste fades to the background. and You start getting the nuances of it. And so I had to drink whiskey over and over and over again to develop a taste for it and enjoy it. I did the same thing with red wine. Did the same thing with beer. Honestly, first time I had a sip of beer, which, I mean, I'm from Michigan, so I was eight, and given to me by an uncle that said, "Sit on my lap and have a sip of my freaking, you know, the Strohs." But
0: well, this is taking a taking a dark turn. Well,
1: we're going back to the mental health kind of thing. We'll talk about me later. Uh, <laughs> but you know, you have to develop a taste for these kind of things. So in my mind, at some point, I know this is awful. I know this is famously undrinkable, but there's two people here that I respect, and I asked earnestly earlier on, do you drink this ironically, or do you actually enjoy it? They both said they actually enjoy it, so I'm trying. I'm trying to develop a taste where I don't make a face when I drink it.
2: What nuances are coming out at you that you keep going back for?
1: (laughs) Um, uh, Violence. (laughs) Violence and anger (laughs) are jumping out of the glass at me. Uh, but it's bitter and it it hurts. But maybe there's something else underneath it all. If Joel's making a cuvee out of two different bottles with a giant smile on his face, just, and I'm looking at him going, "I can't believe he's drinking that." I hurt.
0: I I can drink Campari like straight up with maybe a little bit of soda. <laughs> you just went cross-eyed <laughs> drinking that. <laughs> um, like this is this is a whole new level of. Anything.
1: Does that be, anyone know the story, if it's true, or know the story in general about Jägermeister becoming like a popular drink in this country? No. So the story is, and it might be apocryphal or whatever, but is that someone was at a bar and they were noticing these college kids asking the bartender for the most disgusting thing they had behind the bar to make them take shots of. And... The bartender grabbed Jagermeister and they were drinking it all night because it was so gross and undrinkable. And he said, Well, that's something. And they bought the brand. I was like, The story I heard is that it was like the owners of Grey Goose or one of the vodka, the big vodka companies, bought the brand and started marketing it in that way to like college kids. Because if you look at the bottle, it doesn't look like anything that would be attractive to young people. This is nothing visually that's attracted to young people. But it was basically pushed as, I can't believe you're drinking this, but enjoy it kind of thing. That could be complete bullshit. I have no idea. But I love the story. 'Cause it's like it's it's, it's it sounds like a complete I love work. the
2: fact you have to freeze it to drink it. <laughs> because you want it to just completely numb your taste buds as it goes down. I prefer my uh, Malort at almost boiling temperature. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: I've, really, no, it I've it noticed it's up the all bouquet. it's all neat. There's no ice involved, there's no dilution
3: whatsoever. No mixing, no chasers. No you know what?
0: I now I want to go grab an ice cube and and try this, but I just still feel like I'm going to hurt afterwards.
3: Oh, I'm, the- I'm actually going to rub this on a wound from <laughs> keg washing. I've got like a little thing on my finger that I hurt. Oh, um, I'm I'm you actually watching it you heal got a, you got right an extra now. Finger growing <laughs> <of that> wound. <laughs> This Ooh, will this will yeah, turn yeah, me into so. Wolverine. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh there's adam- adamantium Good. in here. Okay.
3: If anything it's going to kill whatever's on the surface. And you, but that's okay yeah. because we're all dying a little <laughs> right. bit every day. And, and it so can't it's fine. Soon enough.
0: We should all just kill what's on the surface. Um what
1: dude this shit just got dark guys. <laughs> that's deep. Guys. Mental guys. <laughs> Sixth, sixth most popular. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna repost that episode because that's (laughs) fucking shameful. So, I I mean, uh, I was a guest on this podcast a long time ago, but uh, what was the mental health aspect of it? What what were you talking about? Mental health in brewing, just mental health in general in the industry. Did you did you have Doctor Phil on? Because I hear he's an expert.
0: He's right there.
2: Oh, that I didn't Bill. know.
0: You
1: look very different Self-proclaimed in person. Self-proclaimed doctor. I lost a lot of weight. has
2: <laughs> been good to me. Uh- <laughs> uh, no, we talked about the um, the brewing industry. We talked about uh, hospitality. I think I think
0: just the the bowl. stress of being in this and like they need to almost like have to drink uh, in order to be a part of the community, like. Uh, you, you're working events. You're just working. You, if you are a bartender, like feeling the need to then go out and hang out with people afterwards after work. Uh, beer
2: beers, fests um, beers with accounts, uh, and then how that weighs on your personal and family life as well. And Interesting.
3: And then also just kind of pulling back the curtain if you will, of, you know, everyone gets into the industry because they're passionate about it and they love it and beer is glamorous. And it's like, no, it's actually work and you're a glorified janitor and you're mopping shit, you know, for 12 hours a day. So, you know, that can come as a shock to people and it, it, it can cause some disappointment or, you know, it, or some unrealistic expectations. So um, I always like to give people realistic expectations when, when it comes to this industry. It may come off a little negative, but I mean... It's not, it's not all the bro handshake collab photos and, and sellout releases. I mean, we were just talking earlier about how, you know, we, we, were, we were doing all this like industry gossip and saying like, who doesn't like who? And, you know, this guy's stealing my business and blah, 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 blah. And those are not the stories that get told on the surface. Every, everyone thinks, oh, it's beer. Everything's awesome. We're drinking. We're having fun. It's a good time. And it's like, well, yeah, but there's another side to it as well.
0: There's gonna be a bunch of people hitting you the fuck up now, like oh, who? Did you talk shit about?
3: Oh fuck. <laughs> Whatever.
1: Well, it's our industry is every industry. I mean, it's it, we're all human beings and we all deal with that in the same way. I uh, the the aspect of that that you touched on about like the non glory uh, glorified position, the glorified janitor that that's the comment I always use when talking about brewery, brewing. It's like oh. You want to be a brewer? Okay, so you want to spend 85% of your time cleaning stuff? Cool. Here's a brush. You know, go scrub that tank kind of thing. But I also find that the the best thing at the end of the day for me is I've been – I worked in the hospitality industry for 15 years before I got into brewing. And the best thing I can say is best job I ever had. If I could never work a day again in my life, I would take that option. I have plenty of other things that I want to do. Plenty of other hobbies I want to delve into, but it's the best thing I've ever done for a living, and I'm happy I'm doing it. And I think if you can get to that, that's good. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's the most you can ask for. I mean, my wife loves her job. If, if, if somehow we became millionaires overnight, she would continue to do it. I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. But you know, if you, can, if you can be like, oh, this is the best thing I've ever done, and I'm, I'm content With it. I think that's a good spot to be in.
2: I think I would stay in the industry, a millionaire overnight. I think I would stay in the industry. I just don't know (laughs) if I would want to stay on the career path that I'm moving, where, you know, potentially I could move into something that maybe might be a little bit more hands on than sales. Um, Like what? A little bit less stress. I don't know. Like this this is kind of intriguing to me because I've never heard you talk about something like training. I always thought it. You know, not necessarily going out and doing it yourself, but teaching somebody else how to do it was a strong uh, suit of mine. Um, I also really like the marketing aspect of brewing. Um, You know, when we worked together, that was one thing that I loved. It it was, how do I get so much of attention doing X, Y, and Z without having to spend (laughs) nearly as much money as, uh, or any money at all? Yeah, yeah. And and literally just try and like hustle and shake um you know things like that i think would be entertaining um
0: I'd, that's um, an that's an interesting concept uh, or a question just to simply I love sales. Don't ask wrong, like but. like because i feel like a lot of us have dabbled into different aspects of this industry to where like all right Phil you're in sales Joel's in production I'm in production Kevin's in sales like if there was like if you could be any other position whether or not you think you're good at it or not like just looking at like what would make you happy like is there a different position that you would uh like to be in like I mean you you were just saying there with marketing like Joel, like other than producing the actual beers, they're, they're a position that like you think that you could really enjoy? I do
1: think you'd be a good gigolo, by the way, yeah. but
3: that's the difference between the altogether. <laughs> I want my $10. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I remember posting something a long time ago saying... I don't know if I'll be able to do this forever because obviously it's it's a physically demanding job, and right now I'm in the worst shape of my life. Three years ago, I was in the best, and you know, um, it's and I could, I, I, it's a roller coaster for me. Like my my physical health is up and down, all 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 over the place, and there are some days where I'm just like, oh, this is fucking just rough. Like it it's hard, especially in Florida. Like it's hot. It's humid, it, it, it's physically demanding, um, and it's, it's also very repetitive, and I thought I thought to myself, like, you know, sooner or later, there's going to be a day where I just, I physically can't do this, whether it's, you know, just because just I'm old, you know, arthritis, who, you know, whatever it may be, and I thought to myself, you know, maybe I would love to teach this in some way, not, like, I... When I was unemployed for a little bit, you know, I had left my last job and people were like, you know, I had a few people going like, oh, you should consult. And it's like, no, I don't have that much experience. Like, regardless of whatever I've done here, um, I, I I still don't have that sort of, you know, I, I almost feel like there's a conceit in it or, or, or an arrogance. Like, oh, I, I know so much I'm going to consult. I'm going to tell everyone else how they should do their thing. Like, no, I, I wouldn't do that. But I would love to teach in some way. I do love training. I do love, uh, you know, every now and then we have like an intern come out and, and, you know, kind of show them the ropes and stuff. And I love explaining things and saying, you know, if you... If you do this, but you don't do that, here's what's going to happen. And, and I love breaking all that stuff down. I really enjoyed teaching, you know, during the downtime when my kids' school switched to virtual after COVID started. So, you know, I, I do love teaching and explaining and just sort of showing people, you know, what, um, you know, how to do things and, and, and things like that. But to me, it, it's a continual learning process. I've always told everyone there is no level one hundred brewer, even though I'm sure we could name. Tons of experienced brewmasters we know who probably do know everything. Um, you know, I still think it's just a constant learning experiences with changing trends, changing styles, ingredients. There's always new hops being developed. There's always different processes. You know, new equipment coming out. Um, you know, this this alchemator thing that that strips beer and turns it into seltzer. I mean, I didn't know about that a month ago. So there's always new stuff to learn, and I'm always willing and eager to learn more. Um, And and I love, you know, kind of training and and, and teaching and stuff like that and hopefully instilling uh, some decent values here and there and, and, you know, helping people kind of think about putting the beer over themselves, Um, you know, because the beer doesn't care. That it's your birthday. The yeast don't give a shit that it's your wife. Science mom. doesn't
0: care about your feelings. Yeah, it, it, the,
3: the yeast don't care that it's your wife's mom's seventieth birthday, and you have to be some like no, like you. The beer is going to do what the beer is going to do, and it's up to you to try to control that environment as best as you can. So. Um, like, you know, for all the jokes I make and some of the negativity I put out and some of the shit I talk, like, I still love this. Like, it it totally saved my life, this industry. So, um, I, I don't, I don't want to get out of it. I never want to go back to a cubicle. There, there are times when it's like, yeah, it would probably be easier if I just fucking went to Publix and, you know, put in some time (laughs) and became a regional, like, you know, um, Assistant to the regional manager. Yeah. But, um. There is a real tangible result of your work in this industry, and it's very gratifying and rewarding. So um, I don't ever want to get out of it. It's definitely a volatile industry, and you're constantly adapting to new changes. Like, I got out of computers and IT because I'm like, I don't want to be in fucking school every year getting new certifications and learning new operating systems. And here we are, like, trying to keep up with new trends and new developments. <laughs> and, you know, so it's, it's very similar. But... Um, you know, if you're going to ask the million-dollar question, like, what if I, I won the lottery? I mean, I will disappear if I win the lottery. <laughs> no one will ever fucking hear from me again. Um, you know, I'm definitely leaving Florida. I'll keep in touch with you guys. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be in a fucking milk carton somewhere. I
2: have a, a close friend that actually says all the time, if I won the lottery, I'm going to disappear nobody's going to hear from me. My family won't hear from me. No one. I'm going to buy an ad on the Super Bowl, and I, every year I will just say, hey, I'm here. I'm okay. I'm alive. <laughs> good seeing everybody. Have a good year. <laughs> and next year, run the same thing.
3: Okay. Um, yeah. I'll buy ads for the Puppy Bowl. And, Ooh.
0: An interesting thing about your your answer to that is... It's not the furthest thing From what you're doing right now Like like you you look at What Phil was talking about uh, Even what I would say Like I'm working in production right now And I would love to be in a marketing role Kevin, like not to Give away the story But like went from the production role To a sales role Deals a good bit in marketing Like, like There's some dramatic changes that can happen. And your, your idea of like, I, I still want to be involved in, with like making the beer production of the beer, teaching, but, but teaching that and, and, and like teaching other people about it. Like, I I think that that's, I think that that's one of the best answers that I've, I've ever heard for it is I feel that so many of us want to pivot from from one aspect <laughs> to another, like, like, I'm not even trying to make a joke about this is is the, like, we want to go into a different aspect because we want to learn it or we feel that it's more comfortable for us. But you want to take the thing that you are comfortable with and that you know a good bit about and you want to pass that knowledge on to other people and hopefully help other people with doing what it is that you have already done want to do like or maybe even surpass it at that point and like that's one of the most commendable things i feel like i, I can i can say like i'm 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 being 100 honest like Mike, stop grabbing his leg
4: <laughs> stop
0: touching him in this
1: way it's it's embarrassing no,
0: but on no like i i think that that is incredible to hear you say um, And I think that you are absolutely qualified to do such a thing because you, in the small amount of time that you and I worked together in a production environment of like of the brew pub, uh, like we worked together at, but I felt like we were all sorry, I said it. Uh, <laughs> I'll bleep it. Uh, our previous brewery. Uh, at our previous brewery. We we were on the job learning at that time. Yeah. And it was like, who knows what the fuck is still. I look back at that and say, I don't know what the fuck was going it's on. still there. on
1: the job learning, man. I mean, yeah. it, everywhere we are, it's on, on the job
0: learning. But yeah. I, like working with you for the two, three months that we were together is one of the best things that I've ever had in my life. And uh, I I... I enjoyed that to all extents, and I will carry that with me. And I'm glad that you uh, you taught me some things, and I'm I'm hopeful that uh, we we get to do that again sometime in the future because you are a really good teacher at things in this. You learned from an awesome person who is sitting to my left here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going with the well, I, I I
3: learned from all of you guys. I mean, you and Phil, I learned the simple idea that, oh, they left, you know, careers they were unhappy with and pursued something they enjoyed. Holy shit. Maybe I can do that, too. I mean, it really wasn't until you guys did that that I thought it was possible for myself to break free. I felt fucking completely trapped forever. I was in hell. And... Then, you know, fortunately I get to work under Kevin who, you know, really instilled, you know, not just the right processes and and thoughts about, you know, how things work and what's, you know, the the consequences of pressing this button or opening that valve, but just having, instilling the right values, like putting the beer first and, and, you know, um, making sure that, you know, regardless of the guy who, you know, the guy who signs your paycheck is going to come along and go, yeah, let, let's fuck with this beer, even though you've already made three of the four total batches that are going into those tank. And it's like, well, what? what is that going to do? Why, why are we doing that on this level? What, what, what does that mean? What, we're not going to know what difference that made. And, and, and I think Kevin really helped instill that ability to keep people who want to fuck with everything honest and i think that's what our, our, our previous brewery lacks and and i think that's what every brewery needs you know someone to just say hey like what, what are we doing here like is this hold someone accountable Hold yourself yeah, well, accountable for what you're doing. Yeah, everyone. I mean, everyone has a hand in it. Like, I, I've always used the word we. when, I, Like, at my last brewery, it was a fucking brew pub. For most of it, I was the only person in the brew house, and we were fortunate enough to win some cool awards and shit, but I would always say we. I, I would go up to the bartenders and say, hey, we won this. We, And they'd go, no, you won. And I'm like, no, this is we, because you're on the front lines. You're selling it. You're the one who has to describe it to a guest who comes in. You're the one who has to hype it up and, and, and help us sell it. You know, this is a a collaborative effort from top to bottom. It doesn't matter if if I'm the one physically making it, everyone has a hand in it. So everyone should hopefully be excited and and hyped up to, you know, sell and, and enjoy the rewards and and all that stuff. So, um, you know, education is important and, Not everyone is like I was saying earlier. Like some people just kind of get into it because they see dollar signs, but don't really bother to do the homework, and and that's just something that kind of bothers me. And um, you know, like like if like sometimes when you go to some of these classes or these seminars, sometimes they're taught by these macro guys who only understand things from like an engineering perspective and a very large macro scale, and it just doesn't apply to the majority of but, small brewers. But there's the something to learn from them, too. Oh, absolutely. There's absolutely. Absolutely. To, lear- to absolutely. to learn from them. Those were the guys, like, when I went to UC Davis for the intensive course for a week, the very, like, one of the very first things the professor said was, like, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I'm sure you're probably craft beer people. I don't want to hear a fucking word about, you know, macro beer is horse piss, and he's like, I'm not going to tolerate that shit in this class. <clears throat> Because if you really want to talk about quality and consistency in their truest senses, those breweries are the one who truly have it. And uh, I, I still believe that to this day.
1: Respect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we all fell ass backwards into this shit. I mean, I uh, I know two of you at sitting at this table. I met at a craft beer bar before any of us were in this industry. Yep. And we all kind of fell into it. And, and we fell into our, our current roles. The only reason... and I'm director of operations at Barrel the Monks is because someone who remained nameless took a dream job at a incredible growing national now international brewery. And someone had to step into the role and and do some other things. Once again, they'll they'll remain nameless (laughs) and they have a terrible taste in alcohol that they enjoy to drink. But I had to step into that role uh, because, you know, someone needed to do it. And I had to, I had on the job training. I had to learn it as I went and going from producing beer, making beer every day, having to run up and down those brew house steps, hurting my back, hurting my knees, till now I'm overseeing sales, tasting room, you know, freaking doing the books, doing, <laughs> running QuickBooks and running software in, in a way that I never did before. But, you find a way to do it you know if you if you if you can think on your feet a little bit, you can do a lot of things if you if you put in the time and you put in the effort.
2: yeah, I also think if you pull your resources you know when when I moved from sales into more of that marketing operations position um, at our our old brewery um, i I relied on some of my previous co-workers and team members and friends from around the industry to sort of guide me and help me and sort of created my own path, which you know, hopefully that person that left gave you a little bit of a
0: roadmap. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> Wait, who are we talking about now?
1: I'm confused. But uh, but and and even as as our positions
2: continue to change and grow because they do literally there nothing is constant in this industry or most industries in general yeah. um,
1: especially with ho- what we're doing right now yeah, Things are changing on a regular basis
2: hopefully you do have that pool of um, contacts that you can reach out to for different opinions. you know Mike you don't have an operations background per se. Well, uh, a little bit. I, a little bit at that Sorry, one brewery. Hey, 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 at, well, at our previous brewery, one hundred percent. You don't have the sales background, but I can that, come to you and sa- I can say, "Hey, sales, one hundred percent." I do don't you think yeah. about X, Y, and Z. And even without a sales background, it sometimes is that refreshing take that somebody doesn't
0: have. I understand certain aspects of it. Like I like. One thing about the uh, and when I went into uh, Copper Point right now, where I'm at, is uh, that the the thing that I told them is like I don't know how to produce wort, and I'm not I'm not a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Like I understand sales data, I I understand how to look at sales data and comprehend it, and how sales kind of work. But I'm not a salesperson. Like, you put me out in front of people, I don't fucking know what to do. I'm awkward as fuck. And I I still, like... But
2: you'll host some awesome podcasts about (laughs) beer and wrestling. Yeah, because I'm sitting with people who I feel comfortable around.
0: I I just worked, uh, like, this year, the Field of Beers and Jupiter Craft Brewers Festival back-to-back days... And it's the first time I've worked beer fests like that in a long time. And I realize I'm, I've still never been good at this. Like people will come up and like try to like. Do like, hey, I'll have like this, baby. Like, and they give He's you doing finger guns. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but people do that at beer festivals. They'll <laughs> shoot you finger guns, and I don't know how to respond to it because I'm fucking awkward Joel, with people who I don't know.
4: <laughs> Is that what we're at now? Listen, I uh, mean, you uh, would almost double it since both hands are
3: being <laughs> used for the finger guns.
0: So wait So are we down Into the 30s now Just so you know You gotta Let's go just call when
1: it you, four. Next time you do that Make sure For the audio podcast You go Pow 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 <laughs> You gotta do that Go ahead But sure.
0: it's it, Like I'm I'm not a salesperson And you know what? Like To the people Sitting at this table Maybe not the people Listening Like That was the way That I tried to get Into this industry Was by getting Into sales And realized Like no, I, I'm not meant for that. And uh, like to piggyback into what we were talking about, like I'm working in production right now. I've worked on operations. Uh, I've worked with marketing. I've worked a little bit with sales, not successfully. But like I, I, I want to be in the, the, the marketing aspect of things because I love designing stuff. I love taking pictures. I love creating a voice and creating a, uh, just a story that is going on for a brewery. And that's what I want to do. I, I just want to, I want to be creative with, with things. And I definitely can do that by being in production as well. And that's something that when I was in PA a year ago at this point, that I was able to do. Um, and help be creative with Moss Mill Brewing that I give the biggest shout out to because I loved working there. Um, uh, I, I, I love that those people and they are still fam to me. Um, like Joel gave me an opportunity to be creative as well. And I'm super, uh, thankful of what he gave me. And, like I'm still being able to be a little bit creative at Copper Point now. Like we're a little bit more of a production heavy brewery where we're at, and but we get to be a little bit creative with some stuff in-house. But to me, where I like to be, I like to be creative with my Adobe apps. I, I like to be creative with Illustrator and with Lightroom and Photoshop and with my camera. And uh, I want to create things like that and create stories off of that. I just I just took a picture a few days ago of just our tap room in the gloominess of a rainy day, which I love our tap room during the gloominess of a rainy day um, because I, I don't know it's just it's picturesque. Whatever, call me crazy. They're laughing at me.
1: Sun- sunset heart hands.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, shout out to uh, Carrie Designs who made an amazing tap room for us. I, uh, I thought
1: you were going to give a shout out to Gloomy Days. I see. honestly I shout out to was- Gloomy Days. <laughs>
0: um, but like that—that's what I want to do. And I like if if I'm going to keep on being physically active in it, I'm not uh, against it. But as Joel said, like my body can't can't put up with that for that much longer i'm a six foot one human being whose knees and back fucking suck and have sucked since i was 18 and like lifting 55 pound bags and lifting kegs and all of that hurt and I can't do that for very much longer. So I'm trying to find a place in this industry that I feel like I can be productive. And I feel like marketing is the thing that I can I can help do decently.
3: I, I
1: wasn't asked yet what I would do. But if they, would do? if they could find a way to pay me to sit on my couch and run watch reruns of The Office – <laughs> Uh, that would be my ideal situation to transition to in the beer industry. That be Is that a, part of the beer industry? It's I'm not. Sure find, like, I'd, be, so I'd be so you uh, would be assistant something. to the assistant. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd be drinking beer at that time. Uh QC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually I, I like what I do. I, I like overseeing a lot of different things. I I actually hope that two years from now, three years from now, there's somebody. That is looking at more of the day-to-day operational stuff and I can look at more big picture stuff. That's what I really want to be able to do because I love having input on in the taproom, sales, marketing, production, all those things. But the the day-to-day minutia stuff is the stuff that kind of drives me a little bit crazy. And I think it is for everybody. So the, the bigger we get and the more we can expand and the more people we can employ and the more we can promote people, that's the ideal for me is to be able to say, okay – You look at the day-to-day operations. I can work on big picture stuff. I can work on all the... And I love spreadsheets. I'm the spreadsheet king. I'll put all your numbers together. I'll do all that kind of stuff. But there is a small part of me, actually a decent-sized part of me, that goes, man, if I can just get back to the days when I had to go in a brew house, get there at 7 o'clock in the morning, be done at 5, can't take my work home with me, can't brew a beer from my couch... But I can definitely work on spreadsheets from my couch. I can take sales and marketing and all that stuff home. It's a romanticized version of it because when I was doing it, it was killing my body and I was tired and frustrated and all those things. But part of me is like longs for those those days of 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 just not having the responsibility of making the brewery run, just knowing I did my work for today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um. So I, I think that about wraps most of this up. Um, this is where we would normally do last calls. Uh, I don't know if Kevin recalls this from the previous incarnation of the, the the show, but this is where you get to just spout off about something that bothers you, makes you happy, whatever. No one gets to oppose you. No one gets to interrupt you.
2: Soapbox sound enthusiasm. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm going to hand it off to Joel. Do you have a last call that you want to...
3: Yeah. uh, I'd I'd really like to uh, say fuck Traeger Grills. Uh, I spent $640 on a pellet grill for Father's Day. My wife told me, hey, I wanted to get you a grill, but you go pick it out. Uh, And I've been buying bullshit grills my entire life because I never wanted to spend the money and I was never good at grilling anyway. But... I've really been getting into, like, real barbecue and and just devouring videos online of how to do it. And ordered, like, tons of special rubs and spices and sauces and was really going to get into it. Got really excited to get a new grill and and one that, you know, seemingly was worth the money. Uh, Piece of shit right out of the box. Arrived all smashed up. Had a defective auger motor that couldn't feed pellets into the uh, heating chamber properly they sent me a new auger motor which i had to reinstall myself and then when i fired it up for the first time last weekend uh everything seemed to be going fine you know i had a rack of ribs and a pork butt going um smelled great was you know i had i spent the money on like porter uh portable wireless temperature probes and like i was really taking it very seriously i was making very detailed notes as if i was brewing you know just mark like okay it's 10 o'clock in the morning, and we're at 235 degrees, and blah, 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 all that shit. And halfway through the day, the fucking pellet chamber just completely overfilled, and the fire cut off. And I had to break down the entire grill, remove all the food and grates and bullshit, and, uh, you know, fix it. I had to shop vac everything out of the goddamn grill, and then start the smoke all over again. And uh, the smoker is right outside our family room window on the patio out back, and my wife looks at me and goes, "Is it supposed to be smoking like that? The fucking thing caught fire. <laughs> uh, it's not supposed to." And it was not supposed to. No, oh. no, it's supposed to Good be like know. it's supposed to be like low and slow heat, burning pellets very slowly. And uh, yeah, so the very so it took me about a month to actually get this thing working once I you know since I received it, and uh, then I fired it up for the first time, and it fucking ruined everything. Uh, customer service has been a shit show. They won't help me because I didn't buy it directly from them. Home Depot support is completely unresponsive. So uh, my next step here is just just to dispute the charge with American Express and take every possible opportunity I can to tell people that Traeger grills are pieces of shit. Don't buy them. And uh, I, you know. If you if you took barbecue Twitter and I told you so Twitter into a Venn diagram, it would be a perfect circle. And uh, I, I caught a lot of shit from a lot of people who were like, "Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta do charcoal and wood, you pussy." Okay, um, lesson <laughs> lesson learned. I'll be getting my money back one way or another, and hopefully smoking some good meat soon. I was hoping to have a successful trial run last week so I could cook something cool for this weekend we're having together here. Obviously that fucked up, but uh, yeah, uh, Traeger Grills, like sue me. I don't give a shit. Like 12 people listen to this podcast, so um, Is Traeger Grills a sponsor? You're not allowed no. to question no, 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 yeah.
0: this.
4: No. They oh, sponsored the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast. I'm sorry,
1: I'm sorry. I, I, I want to know if they were a sponsor. <laughs> no. <Not yet. laughs> yeah.
2: that, that's a last Still. <laughs> Phil, you Um, have the last call? I don't have anything specifically this week, but I would like to say cheers to you. Uh, Your wedding's right around the corner. And uh,
0: thank thank you you for years of friendship and
2: everything that comes with it. Good luck. Thank you. Best of luck.
1: Kevin? Well, that's not fair. I was going to say something nice about Mike, and now it seems derivative. Uh, (laughs) How about this? Uh, Whatever you think about COVID-19... Just be nice to each other. If you don't think a mask works or you think that there's some kind of government conspiracy or 5G is going to kill you, just wear a mask and just be nice. Just kind of be nice. It's it's not a lot of work. It th- doesn't hurt you. It's it's not it's not bad. Just wear a mask and
0: be kind. Yeah. Um, fuck trigger grills. <laughs> uh Thank you to my BFFs for hanging out with me this weekend. Uh, it, It really means a lot to me. Like in this whole weird, wacky world that we fucking live in right now, I've been like, I've, I've always like, I don't know how many people have told me that planning a wedding is a pain in the ass. Planning a wedding during COVID is even worse and, this is just a weird situation to be in. I'm ridiculously happy to be sitting at a table with three of my best friends, hanging out. Uh, who will uh, <laughs> two and a half, <laughs> two and a quarter? Uh, uh, there's. I'm I'm so happy to be spending time with you guys, and I'm happy that you guys are going to be uh, hanging out with me in a couple weeks when I. Uh, become wed and I just like thank you to all of you people who have listened to the show and become friends of the show become friends of ours um, like there, there's a ton of you who have joined into the virtual happy hours uh, who I've never met before and I enjoyed a laugh with you enjoyed Uh, talking shit with you enjoyed just hanging out behind zoom with you like you know who you are if, if 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 we've talked on twitter if we've talked on zoom if we've talked via anything i appreciate it like we just wanted to do this fucking podcast to outlet some of our own frustrations and love for this industry Uh, that maybe isn't put out by a lot of other outlets. Like, there's great people who write about beer. There's great people who produce stuff about beer, um, who absolutely deserve credit. Good Beer Ponding has an amazing, uh, group of people who write for them, uh, and, and such. And like, yeah, you can be, you can look at us as being somewhat negative sometimes about this industry, but you know what? Like, we, we're we still in it, and we're still fighting to make it better. We're not just fucking coming across and making bullshit uh, reasons for why. Like, oh these fucking people making exploding cans. Fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, well, you know what? We're going to try to not make shit like that to make things better. We're not just going to take our ball and go home. Um Thank you to everyone who has joined us, continued to support us, and uh, I appreciate that. So, anyone want to plug anything? Uh, Kevin, do you want to plug anything about Barrel of Monks?
1: Go to Barrel of Monks. <laughs> Does that help? Is that how it's supposed to go? Perfect.
2: Perfect. Plug your Instagram. <laughs>
1: Twitter. Or... Oh, Barrel of Monks is on Instagram. <laughs> is that good?
3: Perfect. Okay. Photos and stuff. <laughs>
2: we make beer. Should, should really talk to that guy that left that one. <laughs> <after. laughs> uh, you follow me at Palmasano 77 on Instagram and goes on Twitter. Really? Florida
3: D U H Brewer on <laughs> Instagram and Twitter.
0: And I'm at Mike Loves Beer on Instagram and Twitter. The show is at United We Drink on Twitter and at United We Drink Pod on Instagram. We're also on Facebook and our website, unitedwedrink.com. And you can find the show on all of the major podcast apps and apparently coming soon, Amazon Music we'll have podcast services and we're going to be one of the pod, uh, first podcasts available on that service. What? So, fuck yeah! Brought to you by Traeger Girls. Hey
2: Alexa, <laughs> play United We Drink. I can't find the song United Damn it. <laughs> Alexa, stop.
0: Thank you everyone who has supported us for the last year. Hopefully you'll stick around for the next year or however long that this show goes on. Uh, we love you. Thank you. Cheers. Good night.
3: Bye. 65.
1: <laughs> when do we start the podcast?
0: I don't even remember how we uh, we start the show. <laughs>
2: You usually do some
0: intro. Yeah, I do not write any of that shit. Uh,
3: do you write a new intro for the show?
0: Usually, oh. yeah.
3: you want to take a moment to come this up This motherfucker never writes you, an intro for our show. We do should, it all off the top of our improv, head. You should improv.
2: Just improv uh, an intro.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to United We Drink. It's our fucking anniversary. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Explicit content
4: already. <laughs> uh, no, uh, we'll... <laughs>